0: And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Good morning, everybody, and a happy Wednesday to all. At least, I'm guessing you're going to watch us on Wednesday. I guess there could be a slip bit of time on Thursday since we are starting a little bit later, we're going to start 7.10 Hawaii time, I just saw. So that is 12.10 here on the Eastern Standard Time on the East Coast. That'll be our lock tomorrow. So if you are watching on Thursday, thank you for joining. And of course, don't forget to like and subscribe to our channel here to make sure anytime one of these top five videos comes out, you get notified so that you can go ahead and make your some of your lineup decisions based on these. Of course, I thank you for visiting here. So this video is my top five Fades of the week. And because I'm a positive person most of the time, I think all of us have our moments, but I'm a positive person most of the time, so I'm going to start off with the positives here. I had three really good fades last week. They made good money. Dustin Johnson. He was a great fade. He was the worst player above 10000 I faded uh, Webb Simpson. He wasn't all that great at 9,400. I faded Kevin Na, who was terrible, down in the 7,500 range, or 6,800 range. 7,500 this week. Maybe that's a reason why I know that, because he's going to come up again. But yeah, Kevin Na, great fade. Dustin Johnson, great fade. Webb Simpson, pretty good fade. So I went three for five, batting, you know, 60%. Ones would think, or people would think, that's pretty good, especially in baseball terms. But when you throw in the two fades that I faded being numbers one and two in the DraftKings scoring week. Now, Ryan Palmer may not have finished second, but he did in DraftKings scoring, and that's what we care about here. It was a brutal week. Um, obviously, there's nothing more that can be said about it. I'm as transparent as they come in the business. I have been since I started this. It's just something I, I think is important to do. I know I'm not going to get it right every week. I know I'm not going to win every week. And then last week just happened to be one where I faded a lower price chalk and that lower price chalk hit. Now, I don't even mind the Harris-English fade. I was slightly underweight on him. I came in at 10%. The field was 16, so that wasn't that bad. But it was the 27% of Ryan Palmer that the field had versus my 3 to 5%. That's where it crushed me, obviously, when a low-priced guy goes off. It's, it's just hard to beat. But on the same token, if Ryan Palmer had finished last, I would have had a hell of a week. So those are the gambles and risks that you take in this game of DFS golf. PGA DFS. So, let's bounce back this week. Let's try and get a 5 for 5 realm here. And Guess what? I'm going to swing the bat again with Harris English. Again, I'm going to do something similar to what I did last week. He was projected around 20. He ended up at around 16 to 18 depending on the contest. I was at 12. That's what I'm going to do here this week. He's projected around 22%. I'm going to come in somewhere around 10. This week, I don't have to worry about him being 8,700 and if he come in the top 10 at 8,700, he provides value. Well, at 10,800, if he comes in the top 10, he may not provide value depending on who wins. Of course, if we get a 6,000 or under 7,000 winner, of course, Harris English in the top 10 at 10.8 10, would be fine. But if we get a winner, say like a Sung J M Im or a Daniel Berger, Harris English at 10,800 in the top 10 won't do that much for you. So I think it's a much easier fade this year given the fact that he doesn't have some great course history. Although we know that didn't matter last week. He's coming 22 and 64th in his last two trips, obviously a first and a fifth. In his last two starts as you can see he does everything pretty well 29th off the tee, 101st on the approach 37th around the green and 21st putting for his strokes gained ranked on the year second guy i'm gonna fade It's actually a former favorite of mine so not a fade a favorite and that's only because i had a great hit one of my biggest hits on him when he won that weird wells fargo when it was played at that private golf course the name is escaping me right now i apologize. Uh, the year that the PGA Championship was held at the Wells Fargo. So he's been a favorite of mine since then, but he seems like he's been a favorite of a lot of other people's recently as well. But his recent form, not that great. 30th in his last start uh, at Mayakoba, and a missed cut before that at the RSM Classic at his home course. He has varying levels of success here as well. He has a top five, but that was three or four years ago. His two most recent start, 32nd last year, and a missed cut the year before that. So... Nothing to be that excited about, and given the fact that he's 18% owned and higher owned than Sebastian Munoz, I'll take Sebastian Munoz all day long here. I brought him up in my value play. Uh, I think he's a better value play than Brian Harmon. We know that Sebastian Munoz uh, is striking it well. We saw that last week, especially with the last three rounds. So I'd rather shift all of my, not, maybe not all, uh, but most of my Brian Harmon shares to Sebastian Munoz, so that'll leave me with somewhere between 5 and 10% of Harmon this week, one of my large underweights. How I do my fades, maybe I should have said this at the top quickly, it's pretty much anyone who I'm the most underweight on. So it may not necessarily be a 20% owned guy because I may be owning him around 15%, which would only give me about a 5% underweight. As comparatively to the next golfer I want to talk about, which is Kevin Na, who I did fade last week, and I'm fading again this week. Nothing excited me last week where I need to play him at 10%. I'll play him somewhere around 5%, which is going to give me about a 10% fade based on the field average or... Uh, expected field ownership. Course history is not that great here, a miscut in the 36th in his last two. Obviously the 38th last week is one of the worst. And he had the 13th at Augusta, and I think that's what people are still trying to draw from right now. He obviously did have a good Masters. He was part of the winning millionaire maker lineup in fact, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, So we don't have master stats in here in the strokes gained, so these are going to look a little uh, obscure. 150th off the tee, 191 on approach, 60 on the green, and 172 putting. We know Kevin Nas is not the 172nd best putter in the world. But last week, his irons were terrible. If his irons are terrible again here this week, and it ends up being a... Very, uh, I guess we could say low-scoring affair uh, because that's the way to say it. It's a weird thing in golf. If it's a well-under-par score, I fear Kevin Nas' uh, iron game is not good enough to get there, so I'll take about 5% of him this week, a 10% fade. Somebody who I might not even play that much of, if any at all, and this guy continually just finds a way to be... Popular each and every week. Luckily, he's not going to be as popular as Ryan Palmer was here in this price last week, but it's Scott Piercy, 7,300. He's projected around 12 to 15% ownership. Course history is probably where people are leaning here. He hasn't missed a cut as I'm looking over at my screen here. Uh, He hasn't missed a cut since 2014, and it includes a runner up finish there in 2015. But to me, I I just don't think he's a a great golfer anymore. I mean, I know the recent form, he's coming 40th and 18th. So the consistency seems to be there. Off the tee, he's good. He's a good ball striker. 59th off the tee and 38th on the approaches. That would put him somewhere probably in the top 20 on stroke team ball striking this year. He's an awful putter and bad around the green. So I think because he's an awful putter, his upside is limited. At 12%, I just feel like I can get go get guys like, say, Doug Gim, who I know have put up similar type of results recently. How about even Richie Worensky at $500 cheaper, who I mentioned in my Sleepers uh, video here this week. Again, I think he's playing similar golf to Scott Piercy, and Scott Piercy is coming in with six times the ownership and $500 more. So I will take the fade on Scott Piercy this week. All right, my last fade is maybe a little out of the salary uh, bucket. I've been going from top to bottom, but I threw Russell Henley in there. And and listen, I like Russell Henley, and it's hard to fade a guy that, especially in a field that doesn't have all the top-end players, fade a guy that is top 10 on strokes gained on the approach this year, especially on a golf course where we think that will be very important. But he's hit a period of regression, and that concerns me a little bit because he went through a period over... The, uh, over the summer where he was absolutely fantastic. Uh, and I think, you know, we see that a couple, especially if guys are great and then they go through a period of regression. Maybe even seeing it with Brian Harmon. I'm kind of taking the same stance uh, with Brian Harmon as I am with Russell Henley here. He's 12% owned. I'll probably end up somewhere in the 3 to 5% range, giving me a 7 to 10% fade again that's right along the top five of my fades so he's coming at $8,700 in price reasonable but a little high for me 66 on a miscut in his last two tries uh here at uh, the Sony Open and the last two weeks for Russell Henley or last two starts I should say those aren't much better either I mentioned he was great for a period in fact he went 27th third fourth ninth, but his last two 30th and a miscut so I think it's Starting to head the other way and at 8,700. I don't think I'm willing to take that gamble. I've got Kevin Kisner, who I know just played well out in Maui last week. And then we can even go uh, a little bit cheaper. Um, uh, I'm sorry, Russell Henley. Yeah, Kevin Kisner at 8,800. And even cheaper down to the 86 and 8,500 range with somebody like Zach Johnson. Uh, Matt Kuchar also there as well. Both getting much less ownership, and I feel just as in good a form. Well, Zach Zach Johnson is, not Matt Kucher, but Zach Johnson certainly is in as good a form as Russell Henley is. So a quick little recap here for my top five fades of the week before I head on out of here. Harris English, Brian Harmon, Kevin Na, Scott Piercy, and Russell Henley are my top five fades of the week. So... Thank you all for joining me on one of these videos. I try and keep them short. This one's a little bit longer. I caught myself talking here early in the morning on Wednesday. But, of course, come back uh, for more of my top five videos. I'll have my bets, top five bets video coming out soon. And, of course, the sleepers and values are already live. So that's it for me for my top five fades at the Sony Open. Good luck this week. And let's try and not get a winner out of these five this week, please. Good luck, everybody. See you on the other side.